looking back with hindsight now, I can look back at my youth and see that I was working. When I was like nine, I was working class. And then when I was 14, I was middle class. It's really strange, right? Do you know what I mean? Uh, and to, to, but my parents, like my grandparents grew up in, in these kind of like council housing projects. Um, I lived in or near them for large parts of my life as an adult. In what well. city, if I can ask? Oh, in, in my, 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 my dad grew up in Newcastle, which is a northern industrial city, mining city, um, one of the largest cities in the north of England. He grew up in a council estate. When he was young, he didn't have electricity. They didn't have electricity in the house. Wow. Which was, yeah, which is like, he's only, what, he's only 74 now. It's not like he's, you know, do you know what I mean? And it, so that's, that's one. And the other end, of the, my, my mum grew up in London, in, in, in central London, again in council housing. Her father worked at Batsy Power Station, or one of the various big power stations, right? Um, and he he lived in his his social housing apartment until the day he died. He was even crazy stories as because he worked at the at the power station. At one point, he was offered a house to buy for a thousand pounds, and he could have afforded it. He turned it down because it wasn't for the likes of him to own property. And that's the sort of property that, that literally would be worth like 15 million pounds. Oh my God. In, in London. Because <laughs> of where it was, right? You know, and these, these places yeah. are crazy, right? And the level of gentrification, this is, you know, one of the most expensive cities in the world. Um, it puts New York to shame at times. And, and um, so I, I, I had grown up aware of that, but I then evolved out, evolved, sorry, I then kind of kind of had grown out of that. You know, I went to university and, and stuff. I still, what's always exciting to me about culture is when it's uh, uh, bottomed down upwards, right? You know, street culture will always, always be the most exciting thing for me. And, and, and I, I was looking around at science fiction and just finding that that, that really wasn't being, that really wasn't being communicated anymore. There wasn't really a science fiction that was, that was talking about that stuff anymore. We'd done a little bit of that cyberpunk, right? And, and Gibson had done that, you know, Street finds its own use for things, and, 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 and Bruce Sterling and some other writers around that time who tapped into kind of like working class cultures and, and urban cultures. But it was something that had been left behind. And I think, I, I think largely, I think at the time, I, I was of the belief that the reason that, that science fiction had become so bourgeois and, 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 and wasn't interested in working class cultures, because the working class and urban and black cultures in the UK had their own science fiction. They had generated their own science fiction. They had created their own science fiction from the bottom up in the form largely of, of, of music and especially electronic music and, uh, and drum bass and jungle and, and dubstep and, and reggae music had become this science fictional aesthetic mixed with street fashion, mixed with street art and graffiti culture and, and this architecture inhabited it. It had become a science fiction aesthetic whether through choice or not. And I really do think, it, it, I, I, I tend to believe that it was largely for a kind of subconscious communal choice that they were like exploring the technology and, and how it's affecting themselves and, and using technology to create this culture. Right? Um, That's really so that interesting. Was like, yeah. That was just like the most exciting thing that had happened in science fiction to me for 30 years, man, to look at this. Look at what's happening with the riots and look what's happening with street culture, how it's intersecting with technology. Um, I, and creating its own language. Like the example when people talk to me about this stuff, um, sorry if I'm rambling, but the, the example people often give me is, uh, they ask me, well, what do you mean? And I say, well, so there was a thing in the 90s and the early 2000s where at like raves and at parties and at grind gigs and stuff, 
people would shout book, shout book, 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 book. And it was a chant that the crowds would do, you know, to, to like, like show that they were enjoying the DJ or the MC or whoever was performing at the time. And that, and it's book, B-O-O-K, book. And I was like, when I found the roots of where that word came from, it's from T1, T9 predictive texting on Nokia phones. And if you type the word cool in, sometimes it would give you the word book instead. And I was just this eureka moment for me, man. It was just like, this is the most science fictional fucking thing. This is so, this is what this literature, this is what this culture should be investigating and getting excited by. This is what it should be obsessing itself with. The fact that people's language is being, being altered in real time and, gen- and a new slang is, and a new language is emerging out of the, the interaction of, of humans with very basic consumer technology. Hey everyone, what you just heard is a preview of our latest exclusive episode. To hear the rest and to access our entire catalog of exclusive content, as well as our patrons-only Discord chat, become a patron at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. That's where you can support our work and make sure you get access to everything we do. Patreon.com slash podsidepicnic.